Welcome to another inspiring message from LifePoint Church, recorded live in Adelaide, Australia. It is our prayer that you would experience the life-changing power and presence of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. Enjoy. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 27, it says this, Some of the governors and soldiers took Jesus into the headquarters and called out the entire regiment. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. And they placed a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter. Then they knelt before him in mockery and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him and grabbed the stick and struck him on the head with it. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him again. And then they led him away to be crucified. Along the way, they came across a man named Simon who was from Cyrene and the soldiers forced him to carry the cross. Church, can we just bow our heads in prayer this morning as we get into the word today? Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that my words and my opinions can't change much. But God, we know that your words spoken out of our mouths can change everything. And so God, we ask you to speak your word into every heart, every life, every circumstance, every situation this morning. God, we ask you to open our hearts to encounter the cross again afresh this morning. Holy Spirit, would you come and move upon your word in Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen, amen. Awesome. So we're looking at the road this morning, the road to Calvary, the road that led Jesus to the cross, the road that leads us to the cross. And it's a road that's found in the Gospels. It's found in the book of Matthew, as we just read. Uh, a very short verse talks about Jesus' journey down the road to the cross. Uh, we don't know much about this journey. We don't know much about this road. But we know that that journey, we know that the trip that Jesus took down this road, the walk that Jesus made down this road changed the course of history for all of time from eternity to eternity this road and this walk and this trip changed everything our history our calendars are marked by what happened on that day as before and after the cross before and after this moment before and after this day it's a significant road it's a significant journey it's it changes not only all of eternity but our eternity and our lives forever. But we see in the Bible, though, that uh, this passage of Scripture is very small. I, I went to study, uh, study this passage, and I was like, okay, cool. Pastor Dave asked me to preach on the road trip series. I was like, I'm going to preach on the most important road in the history of the world. I'm going to preach on the road that led Jesus to the cross, the Via Dolorosa. I opened my Bible, and I, I read trying to find what, what's happening on that road and find one or two verses about that road, one or two verses about that trip. And I was like, God, what am I going to preach out of this? Like, what, what's going on here? And so we find in Luke that it elaborates a little bit. It shares a little bit about that journey. It just shares that as Jesus was walking down the road to the cross, as Jesus was walking down the road to Golgotha, to Calvary, as he was walking down the road that he turned around and he comforted some women and he told them about the future of Jerusalem. Also in Luke, it tells us that the followers, people uh, who were following Jesus, were following him down the road but we don't know much else we don't know what the disciples were doing at this time we don't know what the people who were healed by Jesus who had received the miracles or the touch of Jesus were doing at this time all we know is that Jesus walked this road all we know is that he did it 
We don't know how he did it. We don't fully understand why he did it, but he did it. We don't deserve the fact that he did it, but he did it. We'll never know how much it cost him, but he did it. Is anyone thankful this morning that he did it, that he made that journey? He walked that road. He did it. We don't fully understand why, and we'll never fully know how much it cost him, but he did it. He did it for you, and he did it for me. You know what, this week, um, as I was preparing uh, to preach on this road, I was thinking, okay, this will be awesome. And as I opened up the book of Matthew even more and I studied the crucifixion and studying about what Jesus really went through for us, I was like, God, how could I preach something so intense? How can I preach something so heavy? Like, it's not Good Friday. How can I preach something so sacred? God, how can I preach something so intense? It's the, it's the road trip series. Road trips are meant to be fun. You know, there are snacks. Like, it's supposed to be a fun time going on a road trip. God, how can I preach something so intense? And then I had another thought, and I thought, how could I preach anything else? It's at the cross where we find love eternal. It's at the cross where we find peace. It's at the cross where we find security, where we find hope. It's at the cross where everything that we're all about finds its rest and finds its hope in Him. We are centered on our lives, our future, our Christianity is centered upon what happened here at the cross as Jesus made this journey. How could we preach uh, anything else but Christ and Him crucified? So my message this morning is called Encountering the Cross. Encountering the Cross. And you know what, I, I feel like as uh, Christians who have been in church for a long time, sometimes we can hear a message title like that and we can hear a topic like that and think, oh, that's good, it's good news, the cross is good news. But it's old news. It's news I've heard back when I got saved. It's old news. Tell me something new. Tell me something I don't know. Tell me something I haven't heard before. We have a tendency to maybe switch off when we're talking about the cross, the old news that we have heard that set us free. Most people would like public holidays here. I like public holidays. Uh, a public holiday is amazing. Every year, you get a few public holidays at your job. You don't have to go to work that day. You can hang out with your friends, hang out with your family, and your workplace pretends that you're working that day. You get paid, you get money. It's a good situation. We all love public holidays, but public holidays are not new news to us. We know that a public holiday is coming. We know Queen's birthday weekend, we're going to have that long weekend. We're going to have that public holiday. We know that that public holiday is coming. It's old news. But the exciting thing about public holidays is that even though it's old news, even though we know it's coming, we get to experience it again this year, this day, in this season, at this moment, in this time. And it's the same with the cross. Even though it might be old news to you, it's good news to you that you can experience here and now in this day it can affect this season and this moment it might be old news but it's good news it didn't just affect our lives yesterday but it can affect our lives and change our lives today amen so we're talking about the road that leads us to the cross this morning and I want to look at four things this morning four things that we encounter when we encounter the cross four things that we encounter at the cross. The first thing that we encounter at the cross is the love of God. The love of God. In John chapter 3 and verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
No, it's a blessing to be loved. We all know that. It's a blessing to be loved by our family. It's a blessing to be loved by our spouse. It's a blessing to be loved by our kids. It's a blessing to be loved by our parents, by our church family, by our friends. Every person in this room, whether you know it or not, is loved. And every single one of us knows the rest that comes with feeling loved. When you feel loved, you come to a place of rest in your heart. You come to a place of rest. I don't know if you've flown much before, but when you go to the airport, there's like a bit of a rush to get there. There's a bit of a stress, a pressure to make sure that you get through the doors of security, make sure you get onto that plane. But once you get through security, how many know that there's a rest that comes? You feel relaxed. You know that you're going to catch your plane. You're sitting down there. You're waiting for your plane to come. You know that it's not on you anymore to get there. It's all on the plane and everyone, the staff around there to get you there. You've cleared security. It's all good. It's all amazing. It's the same. When you clear the security of the cross, when you come into a hope eternal, a secure hope of your eternity in heaven, you feel the love of God come wash over you and you enter into the rest of Jesus. It's a greater rest than you will ever encounter here on earth. It's a greater rest than you will ever feel from anyone who loves you because the rest that he provides is the greatest rest that we could ever receive. In John, uh, 1 John chapter 4, And verse 17 to 18, it says, And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We can enter into the perfect love of God and all fear, all anxiety, all worry needs to go when we enter into the perfect love of Jesus. When we encounter the cross this morning, I want to encourage us as a church, when we encounter the love of Jesus, we enter the rest for our souls that God provides for us. We don't need to worry. We don't need to fear. We don't need to be anxious anymore because we encounter his perfect love. Amen. Awesome. The second thing that we encounter this morning uh, as we encounter the cross is we encounter the grace of God. We encounter the grace of God. See, no matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, no matter how bad we think we are, no matter how big a stain we think we have on our soul, His grace covers us. And we see at the cross that uh, this grace doesn't condemn us, but it covers us. This grace doesn't encumber us, but it empowers us. This grace is here for you and for me. In John chapter 1 and verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Do you know what I think sometimes in the world today, people think that God is there, Jesus is there pointing the finger full of truth, calling people out, judging people of their sin. But the Bible tells us that he's not just full of truth, he's also full of grace. So he's full of grace that says, I don't care what it is that you've done. I don't care where it is that you've been. My grace covers you. My grace empowers powers you. There is enough grace for you this morning. There is enough grace for you. There is enough grace for me. Do you know what? The book of Galatians tells us all about how to live in the grace of God, how to live free in the grace of God. The grace of God actually empowers us to live 
free. No matter who we are, no matter where we are living, I believe that every single person needs a fresh revelation of grace to live in that freedom of God, to live freely and live lightly in His purpose for us. Joe, it's no secret that I'm of the smaller variety of human being. I'm wearing quite high heels this morning, but I'm definitely uh, probably one of the shortest people here. And so I'm, I'm definitely a, a, a short variety of human being. And so uh, it's hard for me to find clothes, like especially t-shirts that fit properly. And do you know what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7? But to each one of us, Grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Do you know what? I might need more grace than you. You might need more grace than me. But I know that he has grace to fit every single one of us. He has grace to fit every single one of our situations. His grace is sufficient for all of my needs. He is able to provide grace for you. Is anybody thankful for his grace this morning? We don't deserve it, but we can embrace it this morning. We can't understand it, but we can hold on to it and let it hold on to us in Jesus' name. The third thing that we encounter when we encounter the cross is the provision of God. We encounter the provision of God. In John chapter 3 and verse 16, it says again, for God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave. Do you know what? When we encounter the cross this morning, we see the greatest act of generosity for all of eternity, from all of history, from beginning to end. We see the greatest act of generosity that was ever given. And it's our God. It's who he is. The Bible tells us if he has given his son for us, is there anything that he wouldn't give to us? Is there anything that he wouldn't do for us? When we see the cross, we can see the provision of God because we know if he could provide for my greatest need, the greatest need of all of humanity, there is no need that I'm ever going to encounter that he can't provide for. Amen? Amen, amen, awesome. When we encounter the cross, we encounter the provision of God. The fourth and final thing we encounter when we encounter the cross this morning is we encounter the plan of God. We encounter the plan of God. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 1 says this, Even before he made the world, God so loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this is what he wanted to do and gave himself, it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace that he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He showered us with his kindness along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us the mysterious will regarding Christ, which is so to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Amen. So 
The Bible tells us in Ephesians that before the foundation of the world, God had a plan to save us. God had a plan to redeem us. God had a plan to choose us and to set us free. And I don't know about you, but when I was meditating on this and just thinking about this this week, I was thinking about Jesus there with the Father and the Holy Spirit as they're about to birth the earth into existence. They're about to create the world. And I was thinking of Jesus sitting there about to create the world. It says, that everything was created through him and by him and in him, everything came into existence. As Jesus is there creating the world, I thought about what might be running through his mind as he's creating the world, thinking there will be a day, there will come a day when I come to that day, when I walk down that road to save them from their sins, to die a bloody death on a cross for them, to redeem them for all of time, for all of eternity. I wonder as he was sitting there at the foundations of the earth, thinking about that day, what was running through his mind they already had a plan the father already had a plan of redemption before the earth even came into existence that's good news this morning um, it was my birthday uh, a few, uh, about a month and a half ago, and um, I love a, a restaurant in the city called Peel Street. It's my absolute favorite restaurant, and so I went to book it. I went to make plans uh, on, on the week of my birthday, and so my birthday was coming up on the Friday. It's Wednesday. I thought, yep, cool. I'll, I'll call them up. I'll make some plans and, and reserve a table. And so I call up Peel Street and they're like, oh, hey, I was like, hey, can I just book a table for three or four or whatever it was on, on this particular night, on Saturday night? And they're like, oh, sorry, uh, no, uh, we're fully booked on Saturday. Like, you can't have a table. We're fully booked. Uh, that table's been reserved. We don't have anything for you. Sorry, you can't come here. And I was like, oh, no, I have to go somewhere else. And so I hung up the phone and my plans didn't work. I'd made my plans too late. Uh, do you know what? On the day that Jesus was walking to the cross, I can imagine all of hell rejoicing, all of hell having a party. They're going, woohoo, we're made a plan. Our plan is succeeding. Our plan is going to win. Our plan is going to take out the Savior. They're all excited. They're all rejoicing. But what they didn't realize is before the foundation of the world, that cross had already been booked. That cross had already been reserved to bring about the redemption and the salvation of the world. They didn't know that that cross and that moment and that time had already been reserved by the Father in heaven to bring about our salvation. Amen. 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 So the devil is rejoicing, but the Father is knowing that he has made his plans too late. God already has a plan. I want to tell you this morning that the enemy might have a plan for your life. The Bible is very clear in John chapter 10 and verse 10. It says that the devil comes to steal, to kill and destroy. He has a plan for my life. He has a plan for your life. But I want to tell you this morning that he's made his plans for your life too late. God already had a plan for your life before the devil ever made a plan for your life. And if you cling to the Lord, if you trust in him, if you put your hope in him, you can see his plan unfold in your life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He already had a plan. He has a plan for us. Do you know what? When you encounter the cross, you encounter the plan of God. Romans chapter 8 and verse 31 says this, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, then who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us 
whom God has chosen for his own. No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Do you know, church, this morning, the final thing that we encounter when we encounter the cross is not a thing at all. The final thing that we encounter at the cross is the person of Jesus. We encounter the person of Jesus. When we walk that road, just as Jesus walked that road to the cross of Calvary, when we walk that road to Calvary this morning, that road that leads us to the cross, we find ourselves at the foot of the cross encountering the person this person who is love, this person who is all grace, this person who has a great plan from eternity to eternity, this person who loves me, who cares about me, who's giving his life to die for me. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about LifePoint Church, please visit our website, lifepointchurch.com.au. 